What's up everyone and welcome to the weekly Q&A. Real quick before questions, we need to send a shout out to Eduardo who joined our Patreon at the Jedi Council level this past week. So thank you so much for your incredibly generous support. Ormapa asks, what's going on with The Mandalorian season four? Is it gonna be a movie, a show? Which would we prefer? I, I thought this was an appropriate day to wear my Speculate Responsibly shirt. Uh, I was definitely tempted to cover this last week when uh, a bunch of talk was going on online that the Mandalorian season four was going to be a movie instead of a series. And I, like just something about that didn't sound right to me. And now this past week, Bespin Bulletin uh, has said that they're hearing that that's not the case at all. It's still going to be a series and even it's going to go into production this coming February. So uh, I think everything is just as business as usual. Uh, I'm not expecting it to become a film or anything. But yeah, it was a weird weekend. Yeah, I I don't want it to be a movie, first of all. And I'm glad that things are coming out now saying, maybe not. Maybe it's still just going to be a show, like always. Yeah, we were talking about it when all of this was happening. And it, like I said, it just didn't really sound right to us. But there was part of me that's like, it's possible that just the way the box office has been the past year uh, for Disney that they might want to just try to get a Star Wars movie out fast. And that was what worried me, that it would be like just this rushed thing to get a movie out based around one of their most successful properties right now. And I'm like, don't do that. <laughs> don't <laughs> don't rush into things and change the format of something that's working already. Yeah, it, it would feel like they were rushing to put something together that could make them more money and uh, was easier and quicker to make because of maybe losing time with the strikes or something. So it would feel kind of like cheap if they just scrapped the show and made it a movie. Maybe not like unfair, I think is almost the word I would use is that it sounds like John Favreau has scripts written for season four and then to be like, hey, just like take that or maybe part of it and turn it into a movie instead. And like we're just going to rush this out and it would have gone against what they had already said for the future of the films with the new Jedi Order, the New Republic movie and the Dawn of the Jedi. And then I feel like it would have. I guess, yeah, cheapened is the right word. I, it, it would have felt like it cheapened to me Dave Filoni's movie, mm. where it's like all of these stories are supposed to build into a film, like this big cinematic climactic event. But also we had a movie like halfway through it too. It's like it just would have seemed odd. Right. What, what I do think may have happened, and, and I don't know this for sure, but maybe someone heard rumors that they were going to do more uh, fan events like in theaters like they did with Ahsoka uh, they would show like the first one or two episodes in theaters like sell tickets for it and everything like that I think a lot of Disney Plus shows are starting to do that now so that I would be fine with and that does make sense like it sounds like maybe some wires just got crossed in the you know the game of telephone that is the Star Wars rumor mill is that it could have been like yeah, season four, we're talking about having the first two episodes premiere theatrically. And that would be an easier way to sell tickets and bump up the box office a little bit. 
so I, I could absolutely see that happening. Agreed. No problem with that. I'm just like, I don't want the Mandalorian, especially when season four, like, looked like it was primed to go back to Adventure of the Week. Like, season three ends, Grogu is a Mandalorian, uh, Din Grogu, and he has to go on these adventures, is literally what the armorer said. And so it seems like every week they're just going to go on a new adventure. And then to have that scrunched into one adventure in a film would have just seemed odd. Felt It would have felt like they cut a bunch out, mm-hmm. which would have been a bummer. Yeah, it, it's just funny that, you know, there are some things like Obi-Wan Kenobi. I could have seen that as a film. Uh, maybe I would have preferred that. But The Mandalorian feels like a TV show. You know, mm-hmm. some of these Disney Plus stories are like, and not just in Star Wars, but Marvel too. It's like these long six-hour movies spread out over weeks where I'm like, or you could make a TV show like The Mandalorian where every week is a distinct adventure. So I'm I'm glad that it sounds like everything is still going to be a series. I would prefer that. <laughs> Dan T wants to know how directly we think the First Order will connect with the Mandoverse. I don't know. I mean, Jon Favreau in the past over the course of years now has talked about how the Mandalorian is going to kind of set the stage for the First Order. Uh, I think that we probably aren't going to directly see that stuff until maybe we get to the end of the Imperial Remnant War. So maybe Filoni's movie is going to have a post-credit, maybe not a post-credit scene, but something to just be like, and here is little hints of the First Order uh, in its earliest stages. Yeah, I think we just got done with, uh, what? oh, Gideon, right? So he's gone, we think, we hope. And Thrawn is like the next big bad, so you can't skip over Thrawn. Uh, But like all this Imperial Remnant stuff and Thrawn and possibly the Night Sisters, like I want to see a good chunk of that before we get into whatever the First Order looks like in its early days. Yeah, and, and I think it would be pretty easy to just show that shift because that's exactly what happens. The Imperial Remnant shifts into the First Order. Now, what I would like to see is a character that we know is connected to the First Order through the books, and that's Grand Admiral Ray Sloan. She's been brought up quite a few times because, you know, Thrawn is like probably the next big bad, but there is another Grand Admiral out there, and... We know that they've been bringing stuff in from the Aftermath trilogy, like Cobb Vant. So I I do have hopes that they will find a way to pull Sloane into the story in some way. Uh, we know Brindle Hux is in the mix, and he is connected to Sloane. So I, I think there's a chance for it. It would be cool if we saw General Pride, because he's been around for a while, and I just like I I really liked Richard E. Grant playing that character and to get him in that show would be really, really cool. He yeah, he's another thing that would be fun to pull in because the way Adam Christopher wrote him in Shadow of the Sith and in from a certain point of view, Return of the Jedi, he is just kind of like listing through like he doesn't have a purpose or direction without the Empire or the First Order. And even the remnant, I feel like he would just be this alcoholic, chaotic 
part of the empire you love to see it yeah like i, I think he would be a fun character to throw into the mix like you, you have that holographic meeting that we saw in the mandalorian and he's like passed out on a chair or he's in his bathtub or something <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> Owen Paris asks if the New Republic will be restored by the time of the New Jedi Order movie, or will it be something else? This is a question that comes up quite a bit, but it's been a while. And now that we have word of like the New Jedi Order, uh, do we think the New Republic is going to still be around or the new New Republic or what's going on? I kind of still think that they might as well just keep the New Republic branding. <laughs> it, it only kind of disappeared for a year when the first order showed up mm -hmm. they blew up the senate and many new republic leaders but i feel like it wouldn't be that crazy to just say like we're we're gonna keep the new republic going it would feel yeah it'd feel like kind of a waste because i mean the new republic never really felt like it got on its feet you know it, it came and went fairly quickly so and and as far as like another name besides new new republic newest republic the best, latest republic best republic like <laughs> <laughs> it's like naming uh files when you're editing something like yeah new republic parentheses, parentheses one parentheses two final final in all caps seriously final comp this time <laughs> <laughs> yeah i I feel like it would be a little too quick to for them to just think of something brand new. I, I will say that there's a chance that, you know, the New Republic shows could change my opinion on that. Like, absolutely, the sequel trilogy, I was like, oh, the New Republic's around. Oh, they're gone. So now that we're getting to spend some time with them, I might be open to seeing something new after the fact. But since it sounds like the Ray movie is first in line before that New Republic movie... I guess I think that they're going to keep that, but who knows? This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. The holidays and the coming new year can be a time of great stress for a lot of people. Despite celebrations surrounding Life Day or any other real-world holidays you observe, this time of year can be a lot, and it's natural to feel some sadness or anxiety about it. I've struggled with anxiety for years as my thoughts drift off to worries about the future. Something that's helped me work through those thoughts is talking about them. Therapy gives you a judgment-free place to do exactly that so you can get out of negative thought cycles and find some mental peace. In the past, my therapists have helped me regain perspective on some of of the issues I was grappling with and taught me some coping skills to prevent going down a rabbit hole of anxiety. If you've ever considered therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You just have to fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Find your bright spot this season with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com SWE today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P SWE. Ellie Suhonen wants to know if we have any realistic or unhinged connections we'd like to see from the New Republic shows to the High Republic. So I do think that we're going to get to this point where that's more and more likely that we're going to see the Acolyte. More of the general Star Wars audience is going to know what the High Republic is. So other shows are probably going to connect back to it. Uh, something like Andor would be really easy to do with Luthen's antiquity shop, mm -hmm. like just borrow a prop for a day and, and put it in there. But will the New Republic 
do anything like that. Uh, I'm, I'm. It would be easy to just have a verbal reference to it. Sure. I I think it would be fun for someone to mention Markion, but I know your theory is that he he wanted his name to be remembered as this big thing, and turns out no one talks about him. So, but like I'm just so interested in. Markion's story and his family and everything that him or some mention of the the leveler the nameless like yeah now any... you're getting into unhinged territory so <laughs> any... yeah could we see like oh my god a nameless is here but any mention of the problems that were from the high republic because a lot of times we hear about the high republic as the golden years and like the the best time ever, <laughs> which it is. I but <laughs> I mean we have yet to really see that the 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 books and comics are like full of tragedy sure. and heartbreak. But sure. in theory, yeah. <laughs> Just before maybe Light of the Jedi, it was the best time ever. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um. But I would love to see something in Luthen's shop that was like a a direct callback to. A story that we've read for for an unhinged thing i love slash am terrified of the nameless so if we got to see one in live action and got to see it just petrify a jedi it would be terrible but i'd also think it was pretty rad i mean like they could have done something with that i guess not because the nameless specifically go after force sensitive jedi but i was thinking of the torture scene from Andor where she makes her listen to that stuff. I was like, what if that's connected to the nameless? But it, it's like, they really only affect force sensitive people. I mean, they can still kill you if you're not force sensitive. They have sure. sharp teeth and sharp claws, but uh, yeah, the, the, the petrifying is just for force sensitive people. They save that for the good stuff. <laughs> Flying Wombat asks if there's a favorite Star Wars toy we had as a child or one that we want now. I, I thought this was a fun one since we're getting close to Christmas and that was always a really fun time for me as a Star Wars fan. Uh, I would be surprised if you were a collector of Star Wars toys back in the day. <laughs> I, I was not, but I did get something cool from a yard sale like I can't remember if I like I got <laughs> yeah. it or my mom just got it for me, but it was one of those Millennium Falcon thing like toys that had a handle on the bottom and it shot the little foam discs. I loved that thing because like the foams didn't hurt when you like shot people with it. So like Nerf gun light. Yeah, I thought I thought that was like the coolest thing until I lost all the foam discs which inevitably happens, and then it was just sat in my closet forever. So you had the Falcon one. I I had a friend who had the Falcon one and the TIE Fighter one, but those ships were not to scale. And uh, today, adult me has to point that out now, that, that either the Falcon was too small or Darth Vader's TIE Fighter was massive. Uh, Alex can't have fun unless it's <laughs> to scale fun. I, <laughs> I was seven years old, like, mm -mm, I won't play with that. One uh, of our Lego sets are to scale. I'm just kidding. I, I loved those things. <laughs> <laughs> it's just now I'm looking back on it like, wow, that, wow. Was, that was not even close. Uh, I had a similar one. I really loved uh, this. Looking back on it, it wasn't very good, but I had like a laser tag game uh, that 
you had like the X-Wing chest plate that you would wear and then little Han Solo blasters. My friends and I had a lot of fun with those. But every year I just looked forward to the action figures. That was what I collected back then. There were a specific set that were like really hard to find. And I remember my parents being excited to like give me a package. I was like, this is clearly an action figure. I'm like, (laughs) oh my God, you found Yoda. Mm -hmm. Like some of them were just so hard to find. Uh, So getting that like surprise thing that I didn't think was available anywhere was always exciting. I mean, as a kid, if I... Uh, if I were a kid today and it were so much easier to get lightsabers, like good looking prop lightsabers, like from Black Series or the, even the ones from Galaxy's Edge, I would have loved to have an actual lightsaber. Like we had the ones where you like shook the the plastic parts out and then they would like retract. But it only they would were... go so far. Like yeah. you couldn't get the whole blade back into the handle. Once you, yeah, once you got it back in, you just looked like an air traffic controller. <laughs> yep. Um, and they were also like very generic. Like it wasn't, oh, you look at that and you're like, that's Luke's lightsaber or that's Vader's lightsaber. It was just like super generic light sword. Well, they definitely had ones that were like specific hilts, but I had ones that you could get at like an amusement park or something that was like way overpriced and it was just close enough. Uh, that those are the ones I had. Yeah, But yeah, now, an actual like FX Black Series lightsaber nowadays. Yeah. Like if we had that back then. Now we have lightsabers in like every corner of every room almost. Yeah. They're starting to pile up. Back in my day, we just had to take the cardboard wrapping tube and whack each other with it. <laughs> Those were our lightsabers. <laughs> yeah, that happened a lot around Christmas time with all the wrapping paper. On to YouTube questions. Digipen92 wants to know if the New Republic will be involved in Skeleton Crew's story. So we're going to go back to Star Wars Celebration, try to rack our mid-30s memories uh, and of the footage that we did get to see there. And I do think that we saw some New Republic stuff in it. I, I remember there being cubicles, which that could just be a generic office job, but for some reason I felt like oh, some yeah, of these yeah, kids' okay. parents were working in like a government office. Yeah, I I kind of got it as closer to, like, just an everyday normal job, not connected to the New Republic. Mm. But I bet if that's the case, we're going to hear the grownups talking about the New Republic. And we'll probably see some kind of intervention with them at some point. I, I would think so as well, if everything is supposed to build up to this New Republic Imperial Remnant movie. I think there's going to be something in Skeleton Crew that makes some progress towards that, but it doesn't have to be New Republic. It could just be Imperial Remnant. I do specifically remember Vane the Pirate from Mando Season 3 was in it, so it just could be the scum and villainy side of things. But I expect there's going to be something, though. Yeah, I kind of hope that they're not that involved. Like, I want this story to be closer to like stranger things et like more about the kids and what they're doing and like the shenanigans that they're getting up to and the the random villains that they meet throughout and not as much of the new republic because we're getting a ton of new republic stuff everywhere else yeah but et and stranger things it's like the government is the villain very often right Uh, like that's the the 
major plot villain up here, but yeah. I think, um, I mean, I want to see more of like the the smaller villains that these kids are going to be have to, having to deal with. Right. And I certainly don't want the New Republic to be treated like the Empire, but I could see the kids just being like wary of authority in general mm -hmm. and trying to skirt around that. Malachor66 asks, which Star Wars planet we would want to take a holiday vacation on? I'm thinking winter vacation. You know, our answer is usually just like, let's go to Scarif or Pabu or something. But I thought it would be fun to talk about a cold weather planet for mm. once. Like, let's get out of our beach comfort zone. Maybe Pantora. Oh, yeah. Hoth is like too cold. Right. Too snowy. Hoth is too much. Not having any fun there. No, thank you. Wampas pass. But I, I'm try I'm struggling to remember some of the nicer cold weather, but 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 Pantora came to my mind first. That that's like a little more temperate, I think, but uh there's definitely cold weather there. I was thinking of Kajimi. Uh pre I always do I scare of Kajimi, things that get blown up. <laughs> pre destruction, obviously, but Kajimi looks like it has a lot of culture. It also looks like it could be kind of dangerous. Might not relax a whole lot there. <laughs> mm, yeah. Uh, oh, not necessarily cold weather, but Felucia would be fun with all the lights. Oh, yeah. I like the way you think outside the box, but yeah. I mean, I just want to go there at any time, but like during the holidays, it's already lit up and like they could put the lights on top of the other lit up things and... They could really go there with it. You made me think of Umbara. That also looks kind of pretty at night, but then it's also covered in just deadly things. <laughs> <laughs> so like, uh, never mind. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the cold weather planets are a little harder to choose from, but that's we we tend to not go where, that Where are route. they going skiing in Star Wars? Right. Like, where is the Aspen of Star Wars? I'm, like, I, I'm jumping to maybe Eriadu. It's very mountainous. But oh, yeah. also I could see, I covered could see, in killer animals. I could see the, uh, is that where Tarkin's from? Mm -hmm. I could see the Tarkin family having their own little cabin up there, having their opera, like just living their best life. <laughs> yeah. Their best rich lives. Uh, maybe Wayland where Mount Tantus is. Like if you can avoid the Empire and all their <laughs> terrible experience experiments. As long as you don't know what's going on in Mount Tantus, it's just a mountain. You're like, oh, cool. Well, I mean, they probably have other mountain ranges that you can go skiing on. Sure. So uh, when, when it's colder, I think that would look pretty nice. Yeah. <laughs> Elijah Dunbar wants to know how we organize all our Star Wars books. That reaction, I had the same one. Like I just laughed because... Right now, it's just not. Uh, I like to initially, once a year, usually I'll like clean out everything behind us, and then I'll I'll do chronological is what I tend to like. But then, you know, throughout the year, we get another 10, 15 books, and I just like, I can't be bothered, especially when it's a bunch of High Republic books, and I have to move everything <laughs> down. And I, so instead, I'm just like shoving them on top of all the other books so mm. right now i'm just admitting my shame mm. yeah the the books tend to just start piling up in random places but at some point uh during the new year we're gonna do a little revamp back here we might yeah. have a little bit of a different filming setup so 
uh, tis the season in the new year to do something about the books. Yeah, so... Because I want to display... We have so many more books that are just in that little corner over there, and I want to display them. Yeah, I, it's just time to... I think once a year we usually will just change what's going on in the background, but I think we're going to try to change everything a little bit more. It'll still be pretty familiar, I think, but... We'll still be there. <laughs> we'll see. Pippin's going to start hosting. <laughs> It'll just be Pippin and Hilo. <laughs> this conversation card felt right, uh, and Pippin is still here just off camera. Maybe he'll come back, but... Uh, this says, Ezra Bridger, a young Jedi in training who we meet in Star Wars Rebels, has a force connection with animals. Have you ever felt like you knew what your pet or other animals around you were saying? Yes, always. Feed me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, we tend to, as a lot of people do, give our pets inner voices and, and talk as if we are them. And I think that means we we're just assuming what they're thinking. Yeah, I mean, I agreed. And we know what they're thinking at all times. Uh, Hilo says a lot of apologies because he steps on our feet constantly. He's just a big boy. He's a big 90-pound boy who steps mm -hmm. on our feet. He doesn't realize he's that big, so he's constantly like, whoa, I'm sorry, whoa. Ooh. Not to mention my office is just in utter chaos, and so he'll running he's just doing his best that's my fault but like he'll hit the camera tripod or the lights or something when he's trying to move around um he's he's more innocent in what his inner monologue says pippin is far more nefarious mm -hmm. like most cats they yeah, they it have makes sense they they have a, a goal in mind at all times yeah and sometimes it's good and sometimes it's bad uh he he is always gracing us with his presence. He's like, that's right, Pippin's here. You're welcome. <laughs> Whereas Hilo is just following us around constantly. Yes. Uh, there's, a, <laughs> there's a great Pete Holmes joke that I love where he talks about how having a cat is like having a C-list celebrity where they walk in the room and you're like, oh my God, <laughs> they want to hang out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Pippin's only nice to me like that in the morning. It's like we go through all night and he forgets I exist, I guess. And then he sees me in the morning and he's really sweet. But the rest of the day, he's just trying to get food or scratch me or get to you. He's actually being very chill right now. Yeah, just, just to prove us wrong. He's like, I'm so good all the time. That's all the time we have for questions today. If you want to leave a question for next week's video, just put it in the comments below or sign up for Patreon to join our weekly Q&A discussion. Next week's video is going to be centered around looking back at 2023, just for a heads up. If you haven't already, please like this video, subscribe to the channel. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Blue Sky, Threads, and TikTok. And as always, thanks for watching, and may the Force be with you.